0: Our first scripture reading comes from 1 Corinthians 10, verses 12 and 13. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Our second scripture is Psalm forty six, verses one and two. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, be to God. Thanks, for Well, friends, good morning. We begin a a new sermon series, as Pastor Donovan mentioned earlier, and the title of this sermon series is Different Words. And I'm certain that we've all had those encounters and those experiences throughout our lives where we've had conversations with folks and we come away and we're thinking to ourselves, did I really just say that? Have have you been there? Come on, I'm there right now. Did I really just say that? (laughs) You come away from those conversations or those meetings and you're like, I might not have a job tomorrow. Lord, shut my mouth. But in those times and in those situations, it's a struggle of how could we have handled those situations and those conversations differently. And so this sermon series is about the Christian slogans or taglines or phrases or words, if you will, in which we say in hopes that we're providing a sense of assurance and a sense of promise and comfort to folks who might find themselves in need. Maybe they find themselves struggling Maybe they find themselves in the midst of problems and difficult situations. Oftentimes when we say these phrases, we think that they're scriptural too. And this phrase that we're going to focus on this morning is, God won't give you more than you can handle. Which I know, I know, it might be in 1 Corinthians 10, but I'm going to unpack that a little bit. Because if you look at it in a larger context, in the situation that Paul is talking to, he's not talking about God won't give you more than you can handle at all. We live in a world that is divided, right? We live in a world, too, that is skeptical, they think that the church is a little too superficial and a little too simplistic. And how do we deal with things that happen in our life? And how do we draw on our faith during challenging and difficult circumstances? And that is why some people believe that we are superficial right as christians that's why they believe that we're a little too simplistic because we might have a phrase or a word in which we say but it doesn't get to the heart or the crux of the matter and so we want to offer these different phrases or different words in order to help you better claim and express your faith and my friends i want to give you a little aside the point of this series is not to make you defensive or to offend you But to help you gain a glimpse of how we can together say words that are truthful, that are faithful, that are at the heart of the biblical witness, that get to the complexities and tensions of this life and in the reality that exists around us. And so this morning, uh, to help and aid us in our sermon series, we've put together some short videos and I just want to uh, let you know that, uh, it's a great video <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. But before we begin, will you pray with me? Holy and living God, we give you thanks for this day that uh, you have brought us here. We have assembled as a body of Christ, the body of believers. And as we have come this day, open our hearts, Open our minds, open our spirits, and most of all, open our ears so that we can hear what it is you have for us this morning through the scriptures. God, bless our time in the word. And may the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, because, Lord, you are our rock, our redeemer, our refuge, and our strength. And together, all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. And now a moment where we should have used different words. Uh, what's wrong? I have four projects and four papers due and one of them is for PE. And don't forget you still have to mow the lawn. I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. You know, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. This has been a moment where we should have used different words. Listen, I need to hire somebody who walks around behind me with a trombone every time I say something. (laughs) As a reminder of, you should have said something a little bit differently. But how many of you have ever heard that phrase before? How many of you have said that phrase before? I'm raising my hand too, alright, and we're in church, so we gotta be honest, right? I've said that. Many of you have said that at home. Let us know in the chat if you're online, if you've said that or if you've heard that phrase before. God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Or maybe we've heard a different iteration of it like, listen, everything will be all right. God wouldn't have given you this trial unless he knew that you could get through it. We often say either iteration when folks we find come across our path or even ourselves when we're in times of stress and suffering and tragedy as problems continue to arise and the weight of those problems continue to get on our backs. We might say that with the best of intentions, but it's kind of simplistic and superficial. This phrase, like the others that we'll cover in the weeks ahead, are an easy way out, I would say. Again, not to offend you or make you defensive. It's like we have a book or a manual that says what to say when you don't know what to say. Right? And I forgot mine at home, so please excuse me. But think, imagine with me for a minute that you're sitting in the parking lot. You've just left worship today. This might even happen. So imagine it might become a reality. You're driving down Embry, or the person is driving down Embry Mill Road. They have their blinkers on already. You're in the church parking lot, in your parking space. And you see a person coming down Embry Mill, and their blinkers are on, and they have their front two tires have been slashed, but yet they're still driving, they're still chugging along, and then their car just putters out. They run out of gas. But they shift it into neutral, and then they get into a parking space in the church parking lot. You, just leaving worship and hearing this message, hopefully not, hopefully you use different words, but after leaving worship, you go out there, you roll down your window, Okay, let's see here. What to say when you don't know what to say. Alright, car trouble. Uh chapter three, alright. Sh- sh- chapter three. All right, two uh tires. Are they the front or the back? Alright, um, they're they're both slashed. Let's okay. Chapter three, verse two-eight. Um, okay, and they ran out of gas. Point three. Hey, uh you roll down your window. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And then you roll up your window. Sorry, we don't even have roll up or roll down anymore. (laughs) No. And then you drive away, right? How does that give comfort and assurance and hope in that situation where you use that phrase? It's not very helpful. It's a simplistic answer with a meaning that doesn't even scratch the surface of who we are called to be as Christians. It doesn't even scratch the surface of who we find out God is all throughout Scripture, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Seriously? Are we in ourselves as we say that, oh yes, I really gave that person some kind of assurance that God won't give them more than they can handle. It's a superficial side to that phrase and it doesn't bear much weight or the gravity of the situation. But there's other instances when what to say when you don't know what to say, that manual might come in handy, right? Like when you are going through a tragedy, you might say that, God doesn't give us more than we can handle when we're trying to comfort another person. And a well-meaning person, a well-meaning Christian comes over and says, I know what you're going through, I know it's hard, but remember that God won't give us more than we can handle. And sometimes we even say the statement to ourselves, like, Come on, Jeff, a lot of people are riding on you and, and expecting you to write a great sermon and you've had too many meetings this week. Come on, just remember God won't give you more than you can handle. It's a sense of inspiration, right? And don't get me wrong, there is some validity, some truth to this phrase, and it gives us a moment of encouragement and that self-inspiration because it helps us to realize that we can't handle the situation on our own and that we need to rely on someone or something else in order to help us get it through. But friends, I want to reassure you that What Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, as Marvana read this morning, is not God won't give you more than you can handle. If we look at it in reality and in context, it says nothing of that nature. Hear these words again that Paul writes to the Christian community in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No testing has overtaken you. That is not common for everyone. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide a way out so that you might and you may be able to endure it. What Paul was saying was, God won't allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities. And somehow, over time, it became, God won't give you more than you can handle. It became a misquote for Paul. Paul was writing to the early Christians in Corinth. He had been there for about a year and a half, and he's writing to them. He's, they're pen pals with each other now. And, and Paul had planted a church during that time, and he knew that there was many struggles, many temptations that the Corinthian church were dealing with. And even though they had accepted Christ, even though they were now a covenant under Jesus, a covenant with God, he knew that there were still going to be temptations and trials and tribulations that they were going to go through. Sin was around them everywhere, and they had to endure that day in and day out. So Paul writes to them, God won't allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities. God is faithful. Amen? The Corinthian area was on the cusp of Greece, and it still had many pagan influences and the temptations that they were dealing with, which we'll get to in a minute. But the Corinthians were prone to waywardness. They were prone to dealing with the situations in life, but they felt that it was coming at them again and again, and he's reminding them, Paul's reminding them that they're not special. They're not the first to deal with struggles in the first place. They're not the first to deal with temptations and trials in the first place. Because the temptations, the sin, the difficulties, the tragedies, the problems are unfortunately normal. Because sin is in the world. Paul, again, no testing has overtaken you. That is not common to everyone. Prior to verse 12 and 13, Paul is giving this historical account of the Israelites, the the folks of the Old Testament, the God's chosen people, and how they had once been experiencing deliverance from captivity, and how they had tasted freedom, and yet these redeemed people were not above giving in to the temptations of the life that they were experiencing, the life that surrounded them. Temptations like idol worship and sexual immorality. And Paul writes that they had to deal with the consequences. They had to suffer the consequences of their actions. In essence, Paul is saying, listen up, you have been redeemed. That doesn't mean that you won't be tempted. Just as the Israelites of the old covenant were tempted in the wilderness, we who Jesus Christ has brought us into a new covenant with God also remain in the world. And thus we are capable of succumbing to its ways. It's clear. Paul is not saying God won't give you more than you can handle. And Paul isn't just talking about trials and tribulations and circumstances that we all experience at some point in our lives. And he goes a little step further and he talks specifically about those things that the Corinthian church were were dealing with. Like the temptations of sexual immorality and the temptations of idolatry. Those temptations that continued to surround them. But Paul says in verse 12, if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. Paul was saying, listen, don't use temptation as an excuse for getting into temptation or giving into temptation. Oh, you know, it just overtook me. I I had no way of getting out of it. I just couldn't help it. I just had to. No, Paul says. Don't use it as an excuse to engage in them. But when, it's going to happen, but when you find yourself tempted, God is faithful and God will provide a way out. God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Do not think that you are the only one dealing with difficulties and struggles and temptations because everyone is facing something. Everyone. Amen? Don't think that you're special because you're facing something. But how can you come alongside one another to show love and care and hope and assurance and comfort? So you might be sitting there wondering, where, where's he going with this, right? <laughs> or you might be sitting there wondering, well, even if Paul didn't exactly write those words, Isn't God won't give you more than you can handle a helpful phrase, a helpful idea, a comforting word that people are going through hardship and and trials and adversity? Doesn't it give a sense of encouragement that's so desperately needed? No. On the contrary, it's quite a bit dangerous of a phrase. And I want to offer you two reasons why not to use it. The first is that... In saying that God doesn't give me, give you, give us more than we can handle. It implies that God is the one that is giving us the problems and the difficulties in life. The trials and tribulations, the the difficult experiences. It's like that God is up in the cosmos, sprinkling on us pain and adversity, trials and tribulations. God is up, away, aloof and afar away from us, giving us and dishing us out pain and adversity. But that's not who God is. That's not what scripture tells us that God is doing in, with, and through our lives. Oh, a little pain for you, a little tragedy, a little grief for you, a little bit more, a lot more for some. That's not who God is. That's what this phrase implies. The message of scripture is not that God won't give you more than you can handle, but the message of scripture is this, is that you can handle all, everything, all the trouble, all the trials, all the difficulties and tragedies in this life. And God says, I am here for you. I'm going to see you through it. I'm going to be your source of strength, your source of wisdom, your source of help, your source of power. And we're going to get through this together. Amen. God wants to help us and not give it to us. As the psalmist writes, as we heard this morning, Marvana read, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we should not fear. Though the earth should change and though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though he continues on, though everything around you, though all of the earth, the waters roar and foam and the mountains tremble at their swelling, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Amen. Jesus continues on that in John 16, where he says that in this life, we are going to face difficulties and issues and persecutions. But Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome the world. Bad things happen. We acknowledge that. And that's the reality of this life. And this morning we don't have time to go into that question, right? Why does bad thing, why do bad things happen? Why does evil exist? Why does God allow it to happen? But rest assured, we will go over that in the next couple of weeks as we dive in, as Pastor Emily dives into everything happens for a reason. And as we dive into that, well, there are alternate words that we want to offer and to use. But this morning I want you to understand that there are things in this life like evil and problems and trials and difficulties and tribulations that we might find ourselves in immersed in, that things happen in the world around us. But God wants you to know that he is with you in the midst of that, that God is not sending it out to us or dishing it out to us or sprinkling it on us just to prove how much we can bear and deal with, because that is not who God is. And that's not what scripture says god is doing in our lives amen the second reason why i want to offer you not to use that phrase god won't give you more than you can handle is because it suggests that you have to handle it on your own That's not the case right as we heard in psalm 46 god is our refuge and our strength a very present help in times of trouble It means that there's no help, right? That phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle. It means that there's no help from anyone or anything. And you've got to deal with it. You've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you've got to handle it all on your own. But that is not what scripture says. Not only is God our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. The other psalms, time and time again, reach out from the scripture passages and grab us by the heart. And they say, listen. When you cry out for help, Psalm 34, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues from all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord rescues them from all. The truth of the gospel, friends, is that there is plenty of stuff that we will go through in this life that we will have to deal with. And plenty of stuff that we can't handle on our own. But the fact is, is that we don't have to. And we're not supposed to. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen? God is taking our pain and our suffering, our brokenness, the hurt that we experience, the shame and the regret that we have. God is taking it all and transforming it. God says, Jesus says, I am carrying the weight of the sin of the world, and yet my yoke is easy and my burden is still light. Give it to me. Hand it over to me. We will overcome this together. Paul's reminding those early Christians in Corinth that God is faithful and that when we find ourselves in times of temptation and test, that God will provide a way out. That's the gospel good news. That's the biblical witness. Not God won't give you more than you can handle When you find yourself in those kinds of situations, and since I just pulled that phrase from you, right? I need to offer you something else, a different phrase to use. Think of the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 10. Think of the psalmist in in chapter 46. God is not going to give us more than we can handle, right? But instead say, God is going to help me handle everything that happens in this life. Amen? Write that down. God is going to help me handle everything that happens in this life. Put it in your phone. Or think about the song. No matter what I am going through in this life, God is my strength, my hope, my refuge. Amen? Amen. Those two phrases, those two different words... Don't get into the idea that God is giving you something, that God is dishing it out to you. And it's not about you being strong enough to handle it on your own. It's about recognizing where you're at in that situation, recognizing the realities of life, that no matter what you are going through, God is with you. We're going to suffer in this life suffer the effects of natural disasters. We might even struggle and suffer from isolation and loneliness or depression or addiction. And we might know or we might ourselves experience some kind of terminal illness. But the fact is, friends, that we don't have to handle it on our own. And that's good news. At some point in our life, we will face things that are beyond our capability to handle ourselves. And when people of faith, as people of faith, we find ourselves in those situations, know that God is with us. God will help us to find a way out. We need our families. We need our friends. We need our neighbors. It's okay to admit that you can't do it on your own, and it's okay to admit that you need help. We might need help from doctors and nurses and therapists and counselors and medicine in order to help us through that time. We need help from our sisters and brothers here in the church to carry us through those times. Most of all, we need God to help us through those times. Amen? To be a source of hope and strength, bringing about healing and wholeness. So as you go and live into those different words, I want to offer you a suggestion. And that is to pray for someone who you might find in need of strength and refuge. Pray for them. But then go and do something else. Go and do. by Take them out to lunch or take them out to dinner or bring them dinner. Show up and be for them a real and tangible way that God surrounds them as a community of faith. One of the best ways that I've seen this done is in our small groups. And it's just a small group in general. Because almost two years ago, as I arrived here at Ebenezer, I had the joy of visiting with a longtime church member who had recently been diagnosed with a terminal disease. And as I went over her house for a visit, she shared what was going on. She shared that recent diagnosis, and then she stopped, and then she paused. And she said, after I got the news, I could feel the presence of God even more than I could before. Beside me, in front of me, behind me through me. I could feel the prayers of the people from Ebenezer. I could feel it in their text messages and in their phone calls. I could feel the presence of God. In my small group, she stopped. She smiled. Oh, my small group. (laughs) They have shown up every day with food for me and my family, supporting us and loving us and helping us, caring for us. Even in the midst of this, I have felt the presence of God. I have truly experienced that great presence of God in those beautiful people. That's what we're called to do as followers of Christ. To support one another, to care for one another, and to love on one another, and to minister to each other in times of need. Amen? I want to invite you that if you're not connected in some way to a small group, just email us and we will get you plugged in. Because that's a way that we can come together as the body of Christ to support one another. And this morning, I want to tell you that it is okay, again, not to be okay. Because the good news of the gospel is this, is that the Lord is your strength, your help. No matter what you are going through, you don't have to go through it alone. God is faithful, and God is going to help you handle whatever happens in this life. Amen? Amen.